coming into hunkering down here short is a longtime friend a top democrat political consultant christian overt how are you sir hi there peter i'm doing well thanks how are you i'm good how's everybody in your who 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 are you is it just you and your husband or just, do you have any it's my husband and i at our at our house and then a lot of family in the Miami area, so but everybody is healthy and in good spirits, thankfully. Um, <clears throat> I appreciate you coming on. You're uh, this has got to be a weird. I mean, there's so many reasons why it's weird, but like right now, it seems like campaigns are just frozen in place uh, and that yep. they can't do anything. And it's April, and people are starting to, you know, you got candidate qualifying going on. You still don't have a Democratic nominee officially for president. Um, what are you telling your your vast array of clients right now? You know, what, what are you what are you instructing them on what to do during this lockdown? Sure, uh, you know, there it's a couple things. Really, it is a, a, a trying time uh, for everyone, and candidates running for office are not excluded. And as I remind them, um, that that's the strength of our democracy is that uh, elections proceed uh, no matter what, as we saw in Wisconsin uh, this past week, you know, no matter if we're facing a pandemic, uh, hurricanes, uh, the access to democracy must continue to thrive. So I tell my clients twofold, one, stay healthy and be strong, uh, because that's the most important uh, asset is your health and your well-being. Uh, and then two, if you are uh, uh, an elected official, uh, make sure that you're using uh, your resources almost as public service uh, information sharing, right? A lot of folks right now are rightfully so worried, scared, growing economic anxieties. We're, we're seeing the lines, especially in Miami Day, to folks uh, trying to access unemployment benefits, accessing uh, daily food supply. So it's getting very real for us here in South Florida and elected officials, the best thing that they can do is uh, do your part. And for those that are not and are candidates running for office is use your email database, your social media and your network to spread the word, right? In Miami-Dade County, we have dozens of sites that are being utilized as food distribution centers. The more we can share that information and keep it an organized way, everybody will benefit from that, right? Because anxiety is high when you know that you're facing a food shortage at home because of lack of revenue or lack of access. It becomes very emotional. And, you know, it, it, it's heartbreaking uh, to, to see these stories. And my husband and I um, were talking about this a couple of nights ago. You know, he said the most heartbreaking thing for him right now is that He's seeing in our community what he saw and knows people go through in Venezuela right now. And it's heart-wrenching, right? Because for us right now, it is a cur current crisis at hand, and we have the resources to deploy things. And in Venezuela, they don't. So you're adding another layer of an already deeply fractured and tumbling uh, country to a, a new level of demise with COVID-19. But it also puts in perspective the pain, right? He immediately saw it when he saw grocery stores 
uh, being filled with anxious customers. That is the reality they face in a lot of other countries. But we have to remember that in our country, uh, we have access to a lot of good things that we can be deploying. And I tell my folks, uh, clients, candidates, friends, and networks, let's all pitch in and be kind to one another and help each other um, no matter what we're going through personally. It's um, it's often a pejorative to say, uh, well, it, it, it is at least out of the right-thinking people's minds. Um, it's a pejorative to say that something resembles a third-world country. Um, and yet, as we saw the what will be iconic photos out of Hialeah yesterday yeah. and in today, you couldn't help but see you know, what, you know, you couldn't help but think about Venezuela or you couldn't help but think of Syria or you couldn't help uh, and think of um, of places that you would never have thought that that is uh, the United States of America. And it is, um, it's so staggering. And I, I, I worry that, you know, like when people see those images, um, they're going to dismiss them because, well, it's just Hialeah. Uh, or that there's some sort of victim shaming going on. And I think what yeah. is quickly happening is that, is that this is this is this unemployment could be anybody that there were people. I talked to my best friend last night. He is a, an oral surgeon. Now, he's not going to go unemployed. He is, you know, and he's well to do, but he's having to apply. He had to furlough everyone out of his office and he's yeah. having to apply for the loan. And that that's somebody who's at the at the apex of the income bracket. Um, yeah. And this, so this, this economic crisis is, is sparing no one really. And there are some who have with many blessings, more financial security, but that doesn't mean those that they provide for in their network, like your example of your surgeon that they're not spared. Right. And, you know, I, I, we have several friends who, you know, it does bring tears to my eyes because they call to find out about unemployment. They find out to find out how they can get access to food. You know, they projected for the, you know, they're good for the next two weeks. But if the unemployment money doesn't come in and the federal stimulus check doesn't come in, they're calculating by April 15th, they're going to be hurting. Right. And they're also realizing that their network is hurting. So where normally you might find yourself in a troubled time, you may lean on a friend. You don't know if you're going to lean on a friend who may be in a worse situation right now. And that's what brings uh, really a deepening uh, crisis. Um, but we know that we rise up and that's why it's like we all have to jump in to do our part to help one another because, you know, it really isn't sparing anyone. So we all have to do our part. You know, with Carlos and I, my husband and I, Right now, make it a point where we are spending to add a little levity to the conversation. You know, we are spending time building routines on how to make sure we survive our kitchen together uh, and cook well and have a good meal. But we make it a point to every week we're ordering from our local uh, restaurants because we know they're hurting. And one of the owners that we ordered last week from, we did twice last week, they said because of regular customers like you, we're able to keep on a couple more folks because we know that you are turning into regular customers. And like you, there are many in our community. And I'm thankful for that because that means someone else as a business owner has a little bit 
of a breathing room, and that means two of their employees have a breathing room, uh, knowing that they're able to come to work every day. Um, as a prominent Democrat, give me your honest assessment of uh, how Ron DeSantis is doing. Sure. I mean, it's frustrating, you know, I, and the challenge we face is we have to be cautious and not politicize a crisis. But as someone in Miami who, who, who's seeing the pain, the reality is you knew this was coming and where the criticism lies of what the governor is doing is that he, it almost feels like he's trying to follow the president's playbook at his press conferences too closely. And the more he breaks from that norm and tries to be a governor that leads, the better he'll be, but he's refusing to do that, right? I mean, and the reason I say that is we could have avoided having 500 people crowd into a line in Hialeah to apply for unemployment if we knew that the system was going to be overwhelmed, right? They should have immediately been proactive in redeploying state workers to help the system and then work with local governments to say, our system's crashing, let's set up a system that gives access to unemployment applications earlier and you don't get to the point of crisis. Because what we've done is, as I was describing, which is a heartbreaking and still brings to tears to my eyes, and thinking about a couple of friends that have reached out to me, you know, there's a delay, right? So even if they get through the application tomorrow, that doesn't mean that their check comes in on Friday. Their check may not come in for another two weeks. And these are real stories. These are real people. And I think that's where his failure comes, is that he's been a reactive governor and not a proactive governor. And when we're dealing with a two-front war, which is a health one and now an economic one, man, this is a time to really step up because people's lives were on the line, both from a health perspective and from survival economically. Is there, um, is there a Republican, and you're not, you are a very principled Democrat, but I would also say you're not above, uh, you know, lauding a Republican when they do a good job. Um, yeah. You kind of, I mean, one of your clients is Dan Gilbert, and yeah. I would say you kind of strike me in that mold, you know, a Thank very, you. that's a big compliment. Yes. A very principled Democrat, uh, progressive through and through, but you know, there's a time and a place for everything. So let me ask you, is there, is there a Republican federal or statewide that, uh, yeah. you think has done a, uh, a, a noteworthy job? Yeah. I'm going to give you two examples. Um, I'm going to start with the out-of-state person. The governor of Maryland, Larry Hogan, has been phenomenal for two reasons, right? You, you may Some may criticize him uh, on delays and whatnot, and that's for later, but he's been honest and transparent with his, with his state on the state of the crisis and what he's doing to respond. And I applaud him on another thing. It, it's, this is a time where a virus knows no boundaries, no lines. So he quickly got on the phone and did a regional approach because that's what serves the best interest of Maryland, right? And it still boggles my mind that it took weeks for the governor to deploy a regional strategy and bring regional leaders of South Florida together, knowing that the crisis was concentrated in South Florida. Uh, so I applaud L Larry Hogan in that regard. Two, 
you know, I know some people may be surprised, but I'm applauding Marco Rubio in our state. He knows he he's picked a lane, right? Because as we're discussing right now, there are multiple sides to this crisis. And the worst thing we can do is have our leaders all focus on one thing because one, your messages will, will get crossed and two, you're just duplicating things, right? So Marco Rubio hunkered down and got to work uh, in a bipartisan way on this small business program. And at first, I was a little confused by it and I realized that it was the sausage making process. So like we know that is always a confusing process. But when the results emerged, I applauded that program and it has a lot of faults and it's a very frustrating program and I'm hoping they're going to work out the kinks because what it does is it allows businesses to weather the storm by keeping their employees in the system versus going into public welfare programs, which is good for a lot of reasons, for morale, for dignity, for stability, for income purposes. So I applaud them too. They had the, he had the foresight to make sure that it wasn't just payroll, but it includes mortgages or rents. It includes health insurance. And he's been, you know, singularly, singularly focused. You know, he deviates, you know, where I get frustrated with Marco Rubio and I know him well for my days when I was a communications director in the House Democratic Caucus and he was the speaker is for the, the two good things he does there are three things that it, it frustrate me, like attacking the media for him saying that you know they're applauding the death numbers. I mean, I think that was foolish and short-sighted and got called out properly for it. Um, but the small business program is one that I applaud him. It, it was visionary, and I think he's right in asking for more money because here, for example, Miami-Dade County, has, we manage our airport as a county, and there are a lot of businesses there hurting, and their first level of support is to go to the county for resources and bail out. You know, one of my clients is Commissioner Daniela Levine-Cava and Commissioner Eileen Higgins, and they're making the case that, you know, the county should be the last dollar in, not the first one in, when we have such great programs like the PPP program at the federal level, and we got to get credit to Marco Rubio for helping get that done because it's going to have a lasting benefit for stability in our in our economy. Let me ask you the questions I asked um all the guests on this one, um, what was your, when, would, when did coronavirus become real for you? What was, what was the thing that you knew, all right, wait a second, this is a 9-11 uh, style event? Yeah, it became more real when, uh, you know, my doctor, I have some hereditary underlying medical conditions, and my doctor called to remind me that while, uh, I am young in my late 30s, I'm not invincible, and he sent me a little kit to make sure I protect myself because he says, you know, for our medical charts, you're in the higher risk column, so take care of yourself. I know I can't stop you from working and doing the things you do, but make sure you're taking care of yourself, and I got uh, mask, gloves, hand, you know, high-grade hand sanitizer, um, and goggles, as he reminded me, though, that, you know, he's like, you are out there in the community, and I'm not going to discourage you as long as you're taking all the precautions, and you know that there are limits to what you can do, because my job as your doctor is to look out for you 
And I know your job as a, as a member of our community is to look out for others. It became very real and very touching, right, for a doctor to go that extra mile uh, with me. Um, it became very real. And then the second part um, is talking through with our staff that our world's going to change um, and realizing that you, you can sense the fear right in their eyes and, and their level of anxiety. So making sure that, that at some point we do have uh, to be uh, calm in the storm, um, but that also became very real because you realize others are depending on you for that calm calmness. What was your last normal day like? Uh, do you like it's and it's kind of funny. Like, started this podcast over two weeks ago, and you know the first people were able to say, "Oh, you know, last Saturday we went out onto the boat." Um, you know, some people have been shutting down already. I had, but now, you know, you get to today's as we're taping this. It's April eighth. I've been like like locked down for a good, I would say five weeks now. Um, you know, I don't yeah. think I've been to a restaurant in maybe six weeks. Um, do you remember what your last normal day was like? Uh, I do. Um, it's actually, it's a two part. Um, and there's a reason one is it was March 13th. Um, it was a day that we were still all in our, in the office. And that's when I was, starting to implement uh, our virtual hours and coming up with a schedule. But we were all in the office working together, being more cautious. But that was the last normal day I had in the office where I realized we were all together. News was breaking every hour, I felt like. And it, it was a normal work day for me. Um, and then the second part to that, it was one of our close friends had uh, one of those milestone birthdays. Um, and his wife was working overseas, so he was alone here. So we went out to dinner on uh, March, Tuesday, uh, March uh, 17th. And it was the last night that restaurants were open in Miami-Dade County. And while it was the last night that we actually ate out at a restaurant, it was the oddest night ever because... We were at a, a nicer restaurant celebrating his birthday, and there were literally two tables in the entire restaurant. Mm. So that was the other moment it hit me, like, our world is now changing, right? And we got to enjoy what we felt like was going to be the last night with friends in a, in, in a couple months that we were all able to be out at a restaurant. Uh, and even then, the restaurant had already implemented distancing between tables, the servers were wearing protective gear, so it was very clear that things were were changing. All right, let me uh, end on a positive note here. You know, we're all hunkered down. We're we're watching Netflix. I'm watching Quibi. I don't know if anybody else. I'm going to start <laughs> talking about that a little bit. I think I, this is such a bougie statement, but like I I went out and got the new Samsung Fold, the okay. foldable cell phone. I, I paid for it unlocked, so it was like the price of a horse. Um, <laughs> I didn't, but I wanted it. I wanted to do a review on it, and I really, I knew it was going to be what I wanted, which is like for my business, or at least this is what I said to myself to justify it. You know, we can all rationalize a, a new pair of shoes whenever we want, but I was like, oh, I'll do more micro blogging, and I'll be able to take pictures, and this is kind of, and so 
I got myself, um, I spent a, a small fortune to get this thing. And now I'm like, what the hell am I going to do with this thing? Um, but Quibi is really cool. The little uh, service with the, the bite-sized uh, shows. So I'm, I'm going to start recommending some of that to people. I watched one last night with Liam Hensworth and Christopher Walls, and it's pretty good. Um, so what are you watching? What are you reading? Is there something that you'd recommend yeah. to the audience? Uh, well, we, to- we, joined, we joined the phenomenon of Tiger King. <laughs> of course. And, and it, you know, it, it became... I got more intrigued because of all the Florida connections and the Miami connection. And then of course you, 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 you fall trapped to it where I read someone posted, you should go on Facebook and see how many mutual friends you have with Carol Bascom. If you're in Florida, which I did. And I realized I have like 50 friends that are friends with Carol Baskin on Facebook. So it becomes very real. So we got fixated. My husband couldn't stop watching it and we, basically watched all seven episodes in two nights, which is abnormal for us. Um, two, I, you know, sometimes I need, my stability is grounded on things I know. So my husband laughs at me, but I am starting to go back and watch old shows. Right. right? And um, because I find comfort in that. So I am pulling up uh, everything from younger days of uh, just feel good stuff like Full House to the the dramas of Beverly Hills 90210. Uh-huh. Rewatching some of those episodes just because it, I find comfort in going back to where I know things were very calm uh, in society. While I know some of those shows erupted when things were not calm back then, but we were younger and probably more naive to our surroundings. Um, and then we uh, wanted to challenge ourselves, so we. Uh, foolishly watched Contagion from 2011. Right. And we finished watching the, sh- the movie. Uh, we're gone for punishment because I looked at him and we both said the same thing all too real. All too real. Obviously, uh, dramatic moments for movies, but when you start reading about uh, seeing a, a TV, uh, a movie on, on screen about lockdowns at borders and be able to open up a country once there's a vaccine and then the vaccine is found and everything kind of sun comes out and rainbows are flying everywhere. Everywhere. It's like, that's almost like where we're waiting for in our country right now and in the world. I, uh, this is not to say that I'm Jude law by any means, but you know, we, we broke the story about the first cases being in Florida. And I worked on that all day that Sunday, I guess it's now a month ago. Um, and I knew, I mean, this is much smaller than Jude Law's role in that movie, but I kept telling our staff, I'm like, I am not going to be Jude Law. And they're like, eventually one of the young pups who I think the movie came out, hey, I've got to, oh, nope, I thought that was my puppy. Um, I, was, I kept telling them, I am not going to be Jude Law. I'm not going to do this without some, you know, verification of what's going on. All right. Well, I appreciate you coming on, Christian. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Um, I can't wait for you and I to go back to normal and arguing or debating or working on, um, you know, house races and yeah. Miami Dade politics. So hopefully that day that day comes sooner rather than later. And I wish you the best in the meantime. Amen. And enjoy this holiday uh, holiday week. Uh, if yeah. It's Easter. 
Enjoy Easter this week. All right, brother. Take care. Bye.